back to another episode of That's So Region, the podcast on local news from the Times of Northwest Indiana and the Times Media Co. I am your host, Joseph S. Pete, the Merciless, and I'm going to introduce you to our panel today, starting from the left. I'm Stephanie Strompluski. I am a copy editor slash I'm also on the web desk. Not a fancy title, but I'm proud to be here. <laughs> I am Laura Lane, the digital news director here at the Times. Um, I'm upset about Game of Thrones finale and, you know... Life. Anna. <laughs> Hello, my name's Anna Ortiz. I'm the crime reporter for the Times covering any chaos that hits the region. And many people are disappointed by the Game of Thrones finale, but nowhere perhaps in the region is the Game of Thrones spirit and ethos better celebrated than at Dark Lord Day, Three Floyd's annual. celebration of the Dark Lord uh, Russian Stout, where many people do dress up as Game of Thrones characters, and Anna was there to cover it this year. Did you see any uh, any good people in costume? I did, and uh, by the way, nice transition there, <laughs> Joseph. Um, so yeah, the, basically, uh, Dark Lord Day is a gathering of um, you know beer fanatics, and rightfully so. Um, delicious beer everywhere you turn. Not only that, but Robert Baratheon himself uh, made a visit. I saw him coming out of the line with his little tote bag of beer, and I just had to talk to him. Uh, he actually was a guy that traveled all the way from Sarasota, Florida, um, and he even had a giant drinking horn and a tiny little stuffed door. He was a massive guy. Like He was he, he was so tall. He so was, how you would envision a real Robert Baratheon. Yes, and he was drinking it up, and uh, he was uh, definitely a fun time. Um, not only that, but they had a guy dressed up as the Dark Lord himself, spiked helmet and all. Uh, he was a big hit. A lot of horns out there, and I was appreciative of the Viking feel that that had. You can see one of those pictures on our Instagram account, by the way. Shot by Kale Wilco. Okay, back. Yes. <laughs> the story. Laura had cleverly described it as like the Coachella of Munster, Indiana, which I retweeted <laughs> and overheard it in this room. And then it ended up getting like more than 100 likes and everything. So Man, that I wish I had tweeted yeah. that out. <laughs> but have you guys been to Dark Lord Day? Or? I have not. Um, I had to work on Saturday, so uh, I heard all of the commotion, the noises and such uh, from across the way. Um, Anna started a live video, so I got to see uh, some people, some passersby. Everybody uh, was either dressed in black shirts or they were dressed as some sort of Viking, so it looked pretty cool. It looked like a fun time. I'm actually the person who avoids Northwest Indiana on Dark Lord Day. <laughs> I love beer, and I'm a big fan and supporter, but that's just too many people for me to be able to handle in one outing. And it rains every single time. I feel like it does. <laughs> yeah. This time was no exception. I came back, and Stephanie can uh, definitely you know, vouch for me. It's I came true. back. I was literally soaked. It's I true. could bring out my shirt. It was, uh, everybody that went there was soaked, so if you brought a poncho, you know, you had it right on point. I think in your Facebook Live video, too, there's a point where there's a big lightning strike. <laughs> yeah, I was like, time to go, time to go. Well, the weird thing is, though, it, they kept moving it around for that reason, because it kept getting, they, they kept, it got rained out like two or three years in a row on the same date, so they kept, they've been moving the date around to try to, like, get drier weather, and it so far has not been, uh, successful yeah. but it's it's evolved in the region into what they're calling not just like a craft beer holiday but a craft beer like week almost because all these other breweries throughout the region are doing their own special tappings because you're getting like 8,000 to 15,000 the estimates vary like people coming in 
you know, to uh, try the one-of-a-kind, you know, Dark Lord uh, Russian Imperial Stout. And then all these other breweries are, like, throwing their own pregame parties, and they're releasing their own special beer. Some of them get pretty wild. That new uh, Rabbit one in Homewood, I guess they have, like, a Feast of the Night Goat, where they had actual, like, goats for petting, as well as, like, food trucks and, you know, all the, an art fair and all this stuff. And, like, uh, some of them, the one in uh, Off Square and Crown Point had heavy metal bands. But a lot of them are using this as an opportunity to bring out their own Russian apparel stouts or other. Uh, and then, uh, like, not a secret, but it's like, I guess if you miss Dark Lord Day, you don't want to pay the $180 for the tickets. You can go, like, for the next couple days, allegedly, you know, at the brew pub, they'll still have some, you know, available that they're, they've tapped that you could, you know, then go and try. I bet you that's long gone by now. If it oh, but, but yeah, by now, absolutely. Yeah. By the time you're hearing this, it's definitely gone. But it's, uh, <laughs> have any of you guys ever tried Dark Lord before? I have not. No, I need either. to. Yeah. I feel ashamed. Yeah, I know. It's, it's the craft we beer. can't call ourselves true regionites until we have some Dark uh, Lord. I should have. I should have jacked some <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like begged somebody for a bottle well it's crazy though because it sells for hundreds of dollars on like ebay and for resale and then people even sell the empty bottles so i guess like for like five bucks or something so i guess the idea is that you pretend that you've drank it like i don't know why you want an empty bottle of a beer you didn't even like consume is, is the design cool or something is it is pretty that's the limited edition yeah. every year or Oh, absolutely, yeah. The, yeah the, the, the one thing Three Floyds is known for is their bottle art. It's pretty extreme. It has that like heavy metal aesthetic, so people might be just interested in the labels. I don't, I don't know. But uh, the, this year too, Crown Brewfest for the first time will have Dark Lord. Um, so that if you know if you have a chance to go to that, that might be another opportunity to try it. But then um, one from one region institution to another, from craft beer to burgers, um, there was a big <laughs> story that proved to be kind of a hit online today. It's uh, unfortunate news if you're a fan of steak burgers or Cincinnati-style chili with a uh, you know, five-way, put it on top of spaghetti, just whatever. <laughs> Throw it all into a bucket. <laughs> but uh, Steak and Shake, unfortunately, has temporarily closed two of its locations in Northwest Indiana in Portage and Michigan City as it's undergoing serious financial problems. They are. They lost $10 million last year. They lost $19 million in the first quarter, and they've temporarily shuttered 44 locations nationwide as they're looking to expand to, or they're looking for a franchisee to take them over. But what do you guys make of this news? There is a big debate in the newsroom, I just have to say, before we pushed the story online as to whether or not our readers cared about it, and quite a few of us stood up for the institution known as Steak and Shake and how important and popular it was. And it's one of our most read stories today online. I'm just saying. People love their Steak and Shake. <laughs> one of the biggest, uh, another debate we had was whether the cherry was relevant uh, to yes. be thrown on top of a milkshake. Absolutely! I would say that I get my milkshake without the cherry. Oh, you heathen. I just, I don't, I think they could save some money that way, just stop buying cherries. There was, that was apparently, I did not listen into their conference call, but apparently the CEO brought that up. Like, there was this big discussion over that they could save a million dollars a year by not adding cherries to the shake. How much would a maraschino cherry go for then? Like, how I, many milkshakes are they making to justify it being a million dollars? Yeah, <laughs> it seems like they, they, they must be audit. Yeah, they have to be selling a lot of milkshakes for that kind of. You could just go to the Jewels or the Kroger and get a, get a, a little jar of it for a dollar fifty. <laughs> 
What, what, what do you guys, do you, are you guys fans of Steak and Shake or yay or nay or? I would say, I, I remember when I worked for my school newspaper at Ball State, uh, there was always a plethora of Steak and Shake coupons, so that <laughs> is what I ate a lot. <laughs> um, you know, I, I will say that I would be really sad for it to go because it's the late night place for people to sober up, so <laughs> I feel like it does a public safety in uh, making sure it's not uh, drunk drivers on the road and uh, hopefully uh, getting the alcohol sopped up. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'd have to say I'm sad. It was also the only acceptable place for me as a 17-year-old with nowhere else to go to hang out at, like, 11 o'clock on a Friday because <laughs> it was the thing we did in high school. But thankfully, the one that we used to go to out in Cherville is A-OK. -okay. <laughs> that one is still packed, like, anytime you drive by there and during, like, you know, late night, it's always packed with teenagers. And it's because, like, they can't go to bars, they got nowhere yeah, else to... Yeah, that was know. always the hangout place for the high schoolers, and I'm sure it still is, so... I think I used to hang out at the one in Maryville, and then it was very, very popular at IU Bloomington. It was <laughs> a very, very... Absolutely, I remember going there a couple times at 3 in the morning, so I was <laughs> celebrating a roommate's birthday, and yeah, fun times. What's your ideal steak and shake shake? Oh, I like to get the mint chocolate chip one in... It depends on my mood that day, but I'll either get Oreos or uh, I think they have like cookie dough pieces sometimes, yeah. like limited edition. So uh, it's always mint though. It's always a mint. I always like the Oreo ones there. Yeah. Super good. Yeah. Nutella. They have a Nutella oh. shake. I didn't even know that. Oh, All right. I'll make a steak and shake appearance you, you for the first time in about a decade. You guys want to go after the podcast? <laughs> yeah, let's go. Hop in my car? Frisco melts for life. <laughs> <laughs> like 50s thing it is one of the last places that's making like real hand-dipped milkshakes on any kind of which seems to be pretty popular like uh, Shake Shack too and like some of those other but they're not as like universally distributed as uh, I always like there was a National Endowment of the Arts chairman who was because it was Roger Ebert's like famous and he used to have quotes like of Roger Ebert praising it like in the drive throughs and stuff because there was one by my last newspaper job too and I often would eat there but they <laughs> National Talbot described, or the arts administrator described it as very high quality fast food that um, served on fine china if you dine in. But it was, you know, they've, I don't know. The company's had some, they're based out of Indiana, they're out of Indianapolis, but they've had some, some problems and hopefully they can get their act back together because it's a pretty big institution. But if you were driving to get a burger, Last week on the Borman, you might have... <laughs> We're still working on these segments. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> In other foodstuff news, um, there was a very bizarre story last week where a truck overturned on the Borman and rolled over and spilled 41,000 pounds of honey, um, which caused the traffic to be a mess uh, all day long. I believe our headline was a sticky situation. And um, did you guys get to, uh, What do you guys think about this? All I know is I questioned where Bear Indiana was, and then <laughs> our old uh, copy desk editor, Scott Lawson, retweeted me saying he died, remember? So <laughs> I was a little sad about that because Bear Indiana would have had a field day eating all that honey up. Um, but I was one of the sad people who had to navigate around that traffic. <laughs> I successfully did by avoiding the expressways, but then got caught up in the traffic right in front of the Times building, and that was always fun, because there were semi-trucks just driving down 45th all day. 
It was awful. I had uh, I had to be at Centera like eight in the morning for some to cover like a seminar, and then I was trying. Everybody, all the trucks went to thirty instead, and I was trying to get back, and it would have been normally been like a twenty minute drive. I think it took me like an hour because there was so much traffic <laughs> on. Uh, who knew the, honey could cause that much of a catastrophe? It's apparently pretty hard. I would imagine it's pretty hard to clean up. Well, yeah, and it was <laughs> like the first sunny day we've had in about a year. <laughs> so, I, I know we're trying to find a good solution for the potholes, but honey's not one. <laughs> <laughs> there was that Pat Tarmasalo with uh, WGN2 where he did the segment where he's paving him with Giordano or whatever. I can't pronounce that. <laughs> but it was it was pretty good, actually. Jardinero. Jardinero, thank you. Yeah. I'm terrible at pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> did you get caught in it at all? Or? I did not. Um, I actually heard the news secondhand, which is uh, normally doesn't happen. But, yeah, I uh, definitely would say that it's just typical region. Typical right. region. I feel like that was just a story that Sarah Reese, our morning reporter, has been waiting her whole life to write, especially with the headline sticky situation. <laughs> All right, and then, um, speaking of which, uh, Anna, can you update us on some of the road problems that are expected in the region? I can. So as everyone knows, the Indiana State Flower of the Traffic Cone is in full bloom around the region. And uh, we have quite amount, uh, quite amount of tie-ups happening. The looming doom uh, that is the closure of 45th Street has been announced. My friends, the axe has fallen in June 3rd is the day that 45th Street will close. Now, this is going to be a long, long project that will last until December 2020. Um, though I would like to pad this with good news, uh, Main Street will finally reopen in Munster on June 1st, so we're going to trade one closure <laughs> for an opening. Um, basically, if you drive on the region's roads, you're just playing a game of Pac-Man, minus the ghosts. <laughs> um, though you could argue those are the other drivers around you. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, beyond that, uh, you know, basically with this project, it'll, it'll be a long time closure. On top of that, Calumet Avenue is going to have some lane closures. Uh, so that'll be fun. Um, that has still to be announced. So they said they'll give us 48 hours or more if possible. <laughs> so that'll be a fun thing to track for you all. And in for case us. we're trying to get to the office, Torrance is still having the lane closures as they're repaving that whole beast. So really, you need to have like the go-go gadget car where you have like the extender wheels and just drag <laughs> over everything. Yeah. Yeah, we've been discussing a few different methods to get to the newsroom. Uh, some hang glider ideas. <laughs> um, a, a zip line was discussed between Lansing Airport and here. That might be fun. I wonder if we get Linny Q's on board with yes. that. Oh, there we go. Just zip food right down to us. So we don't know how we're going to get to work. But we will be here for you, readers. So we could ride the rails like hobos. We're right by the uh, train tracks. Yep, there we go. <laughs> Transportation. Yeah, no, it's going to be uh, very difficult. They always joke that there's two seasons in Chicagoland. There's winter and there's uh, orange cones and construction season. And that, uh, But that's the reality we're going to face on the roads. Um, do you guys have any tips for kind of avoiding construction? Or what do you do you just wait it out? Like, is it tune out, zen? Like, how do you? You know, I've started reusing my Waze app <laughs> religiously. To get around to the office and I try not to hit my head against you know the windshield and frustration as I'm stuck in the traffic for those days when I forget to look at the Waze app. 
Yeah, my tip is to leave early, and when you think that's early, leave earlier than that, because I was late twice last week, and I, I stayed later to make it up, but I was like, I left my house, I think, an extra 20 minutes earlier than I did, and I was still caught up in traffic, and just the frustration in my face when I get here is just, <laughs> it's just bad. Yeah, I go to another state to get to work to avoid traffic. I cut over on Illinois versus going to Calumet. I will go to Illinois before I go on Calumet Avenue nowadays, now that Burnham Avenue is thankfully open. Um, beyond that, just uh, get, get your banging playlist together. And uh, <laughs> whatever you, whoever will get you through it, Missy Elliott's been helping me out <laughs> um, to get through it. Uh, so pick just your know as soon as this road is paved, another one will need to be paved in its place. Yep. <laughs> one does not simply walk into Munster. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, segue now to. Um, sorry, that was. Well, let's segue now to recommendations <laughs> for this week. What do you guys suggest for uh, to do in the region? I was saying that. You guys should all go to Brookfield Zoo and feed the giraffes because that's a new thing that you could do there. I took my little three-year-old goddaughter and the smile on her face as she held her arm way up high for the giraffe to take the little lettuce leaf from her was beyond extraordinary. It was adorable and giraffes are my favorite so it's adorable. Go do it. Have fun. <laughs> every last Wednesday of every month there's a drag show at Twin Cade and I highly recommend it. I've been there twice already and our photographer Kale Wilk actually did an incredible story that I believe was published this past weekend and it did very well online and I totally recommend giving it a read and checking out the show so that'll be next Wednesday. And speaking of zoos, uh, Lincoln Park Zoo would be another good visit. A uh, rhino named Kapuki had just given birth to one baby uh, rhino calf, is what they're called. Uh, so after 15 months of gestation, like, wow. So uh, maybe they'll have, a, they'll have a gender reveal party for it. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, my only other plug is the 49er Drive-In Theater is open. Nice. in full swing and I want that place to stay open so everybody go visit it they always play some awesome stuff and I believe they're open Fridays Saturdays and Sundays definitely worth checking out it is the last drive through in the region and one of the few remaining in Chicagoland so definitely check it out on that note I would also recommend the Crown Theater is finally coming back this summer as kind of a live entertainment venue which is what they've already done in Hobart and you want to check out the Hobart Art Theater it's this vintage Art Deco theater they have a lot of like cover bands like echoes from Popeye and that kind of stuff but they are still screening some movies there and they are doing having live comedy periodically they brought in like Brian Babylon from Wait Wait Don't Tell Me and they've had some pretty good um they've had some pretty good acts so I would check that out I have to make my obligatory plug for Grindhouse because it's been a while since we've cut a podcast but then I would also recommend there's that new Hamilton exhibit at Northerly Island if you like the musical you like the soundtrack they have it's a one-off. It's pretty expensive, but it's probably worth it. It's the only place in the country it is right now. It's a detailed historical look at Alexander Hamilton and the man who inspired the musical. Um, and then, speaking of which, I have to interrupt. Absolutely. Hamilton is coming to an end in January in Chicago. So if you haven't seen it, get your tickets. It's phenomenal. Okay. I would. I'll just give a tip on that too, because okay, everyone's like it's so expensive, and it is. It's very expensive. I knew some people who had the luxury of like flying out to New York to go see Lin-Manuel Miranda perform in it, like before. 
but most of us don't have that kind of scratch, <laughs> you know. So, but like the, I tried entering the lottery time and time again, just failure, failure, failure every single day. But then eventually settled on the idea of, oh yeah, just buy the um, StubHub, get the tickets the day of, like a couple hours beforehand, and then you can get them relatively cheap to where it's not. That's exactly you know, those... what I did. And don't think you're never going to win the lottery. One of my really good friends and his wife got tickets for it, and they got phenomenal seats. So it's a real live thing. You can actually win seats for the lottery. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's it for this week. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll be back again soon. We'll try to do this more regularly. And whatever you guys do, keep it region.